Constructive Voices, the podcast for the construction people with news, views and expert interviews. Hi and welcome to Constructive Voices as we hurtle towards the end of yet another month. Can you believe we're nearly at the end of February already? My name's Steve Randall. On this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the many big recurring themes on this podcast, mental health in the construction industry. It is a very big issue and it's something that I'm quite pleased that the construction industry is starting to take more seriously and want to use technology to do so. That's Charlie Winton, who knows about the pressures that can lead to mental health issues in the workplace, and he's now part of the solution. We'll find out more about an innovative app that can help you and your team keep on top of mental health issues. Constructive Voices media partner in Ireland and the United Kingdom is Construction Industry News. Since 2002, Construction Industry News has been focused on the very latest projects and developments within the UK and Ireland. Now, it wouldn't be Constructive Voices without Peter Finn. Pete the Builder. Pete, how are you doing? Steve, how are you? Good to talk to you again, my man. We've done this before, and I think we should just revisit this, because we've done the thing that we do every single episode of Constructive Voices, where I say, how are you? You say, how am I? You know, we, we sort of brush over that. We're revisiting one of our key topics on Constructive Voices today, and that's mental health and anxiety and, and all kinds of things that play on lots of people's minds, literally. But it is about looking after ourselves and looking after each other, wherever the workplace may be. But I guess on sites, uh, you're, you're particularly looking looking out for people who maybe don't want to show their weaknesses as it's perceived still, unfortunately. Yeah, absolutely, Steve. So what I said back to you was good to talk to you. And you know what? It, it is good to talk to you. And I often say that that uh, I feel much better after we have our conversations. You know, we, we talk about lots of different subjects, but uh, it's just good to talk to someone and to, to speak to someone who has something in common, you know, to talk through any subject is good. When it comes to mental health and when it comes to general well-being, I think it's something that's very poignant in every industry, but I really do think that in construction, it probably takes another step up again. Every day we wake up with a target in mind. We obviously have to be on on the job at a certain time. We've got a certain amount of work that we've got to achieve in that working day. And, you know, we've got targets then in our programs of, of, of the overall project, targets of all sorts of different things, try to achieve these targets within certain budgets. So, Within 20 seconds of talking, there's already a little bit of pressure that's being built up here in your daily job in as, as any person in construction. Pressure in the wrong direction when it comes to anything structurally causes catastrophic problems. And when it comes to our all own mental health, I think how we deal with pressure can have a huge effect on how we perform and, and how we feel when we're on the job, but obviously how we feel then afterwards when we're with our families or, you know, in our in our everyday life. It's about finding the balance between the two. I am an employer. I was an employee. So I've been on both sides of, of that fence. So I know what it's like, the pressures as somebody who's self-employed. I know what it's like, the bills you've got to pay at the end of every week for your business. I've been under financial pressure. I've done well and I've done bad in my in my career at different stages and I know what it's what it's like to feel both emotions and when you're down and and when things aren't going your your way it is a struggle um it, it affects every single thing that you do and it it certainly it distracts you from your performance um in in what you do every day I, I think you know 
over over the, the last you know 15 to 20 years the technology advances that we've made in construction have been outstanding and also the advances that we made in health and safety have to be commended you know working on a construction site is now a safe place whereas previously you know it certainly was nowhere near as safe as it is today but that's physical safety what we are becoming more aware of now is the safety of our of our mental health and how our lives are not just on site but also outside of your your your, your daily work so as a as a an employee you're a person that turns up every day to go to work and you've got managers above you. And then as an employer or as a person who's in a management role, you turn up every day and then you have to manage people or you have to tell them what to do. So there's obviously straight away going to be certain, you know, boundaries that have to be created there. But I think when it comes to this situation that we're discussing today, those boundaries need to be taken down and people need to speak to each other on the same level. And people need to be able to do that, to be able to make sure that, you're thinking about how other people's mental health is and where they're at, their concentration levels. All of those type of things are so important for not only performance, but also for concentration levels, safety issues. All of those things are absolutely connected to each other. And how people's mindset is when they turn up on the job is very important. It's so important as any manager, whether it's a football manager, if it's in sport, if it's in any other industry, making sure that you've got a team that are thinking the same way and that their heads are in the right place is a very, very important thing to be successful at any aspect of what you're doing. It's definitely a new era for this type of of uh, this this type of, of mindset and this this way of thinking. And it's about time that it has happened because unfortunately in previous times and in previous years, pretty much if you didn't turn up or if let's say you had an issue, whether it was you, you know, maybe depression or maybe anxiety, maybe, you know, you had an alcohol or, or, or drug abuse problem. People didn't really want to know. They just wanted to know when were you going to get the job done and when were you going to finish. And that is not the way we think today. That is not the way we you need to be thinking as a business owner or a business manager. So therefore, you know, it is certainly something that we as people in construction need to be considering going forward. And we need to start putting procedures in place to help people and to eliminate some of the causes of, of, of these issues being from the workplace. And uh, I think we are going, you know, some way in the right direction for this, but there's certainly a lot more to to be done. And again, it's good that there is organizations out there that are concentrating on this area of, of construction. So, you know, some steps have been uh, have been made in the right direction, but definitely more to do. And look, it's a, it's a, it's a topic and it's, it's something that is quite complex and every situation is different and every relationship is different. And therefore, you can't, there's not a one-fix-all type of a solution here. Definitely talking about it and putting some procedures in place and giving people the opportunity to be able to discuss uh, these type of things is a very good start. Yeah, absolutely. This is such a big topic, Pete. And let's talk more after we've heard from our featured guest. And actually, when we do come back, let's focus on contractors, those who are self-employed and maybe are on site for a day or two and aren't therefore part of those teams and not having people perhaps looking after how they are on an ongoing basis. So some challenges around that. We'll discuss that after we've heard from our guest this time, who has been speaking to Henry MacDonald. I'm called Charlie Winton. I'm the founder of OK Positive Limited, which is a a business-to-business mental health application where we utilize machine learning and AI to preempt mental health triggers, enabling an earlier stage of intervention. I've worked 
in uh, scaffolding uh, before moving into recruitment uh, and financial technology before moving into this business. So you very much have had a hands-on experience with the building trade as well as uh, developing these ideas, these concepts for helping the, the industry out. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I definitely, uh, not just my my own perspective, but speaking to people within the industry, um, we've looked predominantly at construction, uh, the maritime sector as well, and offshore communities, and um, also working in the education sector with charities and schools as well. Now, we know we have a problem in construction with the ongoing challenges of material costs, shortages of in, in skilled labour, but for you, there's a more silent challenge within the industry. What is your opinion of this? Yeah, so it's um, th- there's a silent issue with mental health and particularly the stigma that comes with it, uh, particularly in the construction industry, mainly because people aren't open about this. Speaking about mental health traditionally has been very much portrayed as weakness. It's been portrayed as something that makes you open and vulnerable, potentially losing your job or not getting that promotion that you were hoping for and the more money that you're looking for. Um, so I think there's an underlying problem where people don't feel safe to open up, don't feel comfortable or know how to open up. Um, and that issue compounds itself. Yes. And uh, in 2019, you set, set up the organization OK Positive, whose app provides, if you like, an early warning system to help identify mental health issues in the workplace. What prompted you to find OK Positive? I started the business because of my own lived experience. I, I worked in um, for a FTSE listed recruitment business um, because some of the working operations, the pressure from management, the targets, the KPIs, uh, the stigma around mental health, I started to experience quite severe mental health issues, um, which led to me having three or four panic attacks a day hiding away in the company toilets, playing on a video game on my phone to get myself out of it. And I realized I was costing the business money. I was realizing I was losing a quality of life. Um, I started to gain a lot of weight. I started drinking more alcohol. I became more of a grumpy person to be around. And I wanted to help myself um, because no one else really was going to do it for me at that time. We had uh, an employee assistance program that no one really touched um, because of the stigma and because of the cost implications. I wasn't going out with the employee assistance program. I wanted to spend my money on things like spending time with my friends and family, as opposed to uh, on therapy. Uh, I wanted to be able to understand more about myself uh, and my mental health and understand what makes me work and what makes me feel better, what makes me maintain my mental health. And I looked up loads of different tools and I realized that none of them actually did that. Um, There are three forms of mental health support in the world. There's preventative, proactive, and reactive. And 90% of the solutions in the world focus on being proactive or reactive to a problem without preventative. Um, And we want to be able to prevent these issues before they become too serious. And what better way than being able to safely, anonymously feed back to your company and and, and get resources that are relevant to you at the times that you need them. So that's what what led me to to do this. And it's it's become my life's passion. And can you learn a bit more how, how the app actually works and how it enables both the employee and the employer? Absolutely. So um, there are two sides to it. Obviously, as a user, um, as the uh, um, employee, you'd have access to a whole host of bite-sized content resources on mental health, on physical health, on financial well-being, on nutritional well-being and workplace well-being. So it's all tailored to you as an individual because the AI basically learns from what you like and what you don't without ever invading on your privacy. It's completely anonymous 
but we look at mental health profiles and we see what works for you. And we share that information with other profiles that are similar. So actually by logging your moods and seeing what content you like, what helps you sleep, what helps you work, what helps you exercise. And we can suggest that to others through our technology uh, to help other people. Um, You have access to therapy through the application. You have a, a feedback channel so you can anonymously and safely feedback to your company on what you're struggling with. Um, And you also get very much basic um, support levels as um, you've got business discounts, you get healthy online retailer discounts from our partners, um, which are fed into each week. Um, We've also got the ability to do learning journeys, to be able to do pre-therapeutics, being able to go like a Duolingo-based module assessment so you can see how you're feeling, um, utilize all the tools there from therapists, but also be able to respond to your company and hear from them on what they're doing to support you. From a company perspective, um, you're able to see the overall aggregated mood trends of your business, where the issues are, what's relevant to your people, what they're struggling with to make more informed decisions to support them, as opposed to just thinking well-being is getting in a yoga instructor or giving people a day off. Now, before we get into the specifics of the building trade, two words jumped out at me there. One was anonymous, the other was privacy. Is the app designed that basically, if I'm a, a building worker, that my boss can't spy on me in terms of my life and what I do with my life outside of the, the construction site, for instance? Yeah, absolutely. So it's completely anonymous. We've got our privacy levels, not just GDPR, but up to the level of US healthcare. We're treating it as much as medical records. All they see is an aggregated set of information from the whole workforce on the key areas that you're struggling with as a team or as a a wider business or a site level. It never delves into the individuals. You can create your own comments and things like that. Uh, Once again, not highlighted who's saying it. We're very, very strict on this because this is a personal app to help you. We care about helping individuals that can help others without knowing your name, where you are, what you're doing. It's very much around using data for good. So it's basically saying, Put in your mood, it could help someone else further uh, a field who has the same profile as you and be able to support yourself because we can use these trends to suggest things to you um, through our technology and to others. So it is completely private um, and we're very clear on that. On the onboarding for all companies, we show them what they put in and what goes through. So we're very, very clear on that. Let's talk about OK Positive and, and also the app, how it can help the building industry and construction workers and employers. I suppose construction has a higher suicide rate at the moment than than it's basically three times over the UK national average. Um, right. 64% of construction workers would like more support. So from actually implementing resources that they can have at the touch of a button through an application on their phone, which is bespoke and relevant to them, is a great start point. Now, the main issue is it's different for company to company and individual to individual. My problems and my site will be very different to someone else on another So we want to be able to find this in real time, what the issues are and what they are relevant to each business, because one size doesn't fit all. Issues that we've seen are long hours, working away from home, job uncertainty, tight deadlines, financial pressures, drugs and alcohol, the, the mental health stigma. But not all of those will apply to your team of uh, on site or it won't uh, you know or your company therefore we have to differentiate between those and be able to find that from the horse's mouth so to speak as opposed to just relying on uk based data we need to find out for each business and what's relevant to them the building industry is relatively male dominated and to a certain extent is a bit of a macho image how do you feel that gives rise to an increase in mental health problems addictions and also a unwillingness to come forward and say, I've got a problem. 
Well, I think there's always been that stigma with with a male audience, sadly, that, you know, traditionally it's very much you've got to get this job, you've got to earn this amount of money, you've got to be this successful. We see an awful lot in media and, and in companies with CEOs and people who are successful making lots of money, our bosses. We see a lot of things that lower our self-esteem as individuals, but quite often men are, are less open to speaking about their mental health because they a don't see the point, they don't understand how to articulate it, um, or, or c they don't really feel comfortable being vulnerable from a workplace perspective or a friendship perspective. I think it is changing because quite often we're seeing loads of UK trends of it's okay to not be okay, it's okay to speak to people. Here are resources, and it's becoming much more open for people to access these things safely and on their own without speaking. But actually, we find that community is a massive aspect of this. And, and male communities, particularly within construction, are very close-knit. Having worked in when I was working in scaffolding, like the team was so close with each other. There was great banter going around. Everyone supported each other. Everyone did chat. But no one really spoke about how they were feeling. And that's something that I think will need to change over time. And we're seeing that. We're seeing that in other areas like rugby clubs, football clubs. People are starting to speak more about it. And once it happens, it has that kind of trickle effect, um, snowball turning into an avalanche where people feel safe to do so. And instead of asking people how they are, you you start by telling people how you've been. And that's a massive change we've seen from, from OK Positive's perspective is actually telling people, so saying to your best mate and in the pub, what you've been struggling with and why you're anxious this week opens them to speak about it as well. The problem we've had previously is that mental health hasn't been recognized as anything. It's just, oh, you're being lazy. Oh, you're being a wuss or whatever it may be. Everyone has mental health. This is a success. It's um, a quality of life. I think it is changing, but you're right. There is a stigma. You talked about those suicide rates. Uh, Can you elaborate on that? I mean, we're talking in the industry, there are three times more than... Uh, yeah, in the industry, it's three times the higher than average. average. And males are significantly higher than females. Um, whether that has a correlation with the amount of people in the construction industry being more male-focused, um, I'm not sure. But from a, from a, a survey perspective, 64% of construction workers would like more support. So it's something that people are individually looking to reach out for and would benefit from. And a lot of the conversations that we tend to have are, oh, well, the guys won't want this because it's it's an app or it's, oh, they won't be bothered or they can't be bothered. It's it's an assumption based on history of, well, okay, back in, you know, 100 years ago, maybe they wouldn't have been bothered or want to look into their mental health, but it is changing. And the way that we do that is position it in a different way. So, for example, someone who doesn't particularly want to learn about mindfulness or or breathing exercises or therapy, we can talk to them about mental health in a different way. You present it in a different way that's relevant to them through physical activity, through nutritional well-being, through being the best you can be at work and supporting your family. And that way you're still learning about mental health and you're learning it's positioned in a way that works for you. We need to make mental health support relevant for people in the construction industry about what they care about, about what they want to see, because then they're going to be more I suppose, open to the idea that, okay, we need to support ourselves as well. You know, if you asked anyone in the construction industry, would you look after yourself? Would you care more about the well-being and mental health of your wife or your partner or your or your daughter or son? They're more often than not going to say that it's, you know, their family they care more about. Well, then learn about these things so you can have those conversations with them. If you position it that an individual that maybe is fine in themselves at the moment, doesn't feel like they need to look into their mental health particularly, 
potentially one of their friends at the pub may be struggling, or it may be someone silently in their, in their household is struggling. Learn it for them. And if we position it that way, it will open up that conversation, I believe. In terms of a conversation, have you, have you been having a conversation with the industry? I'm not just talking about business firms, CEOs, but also the unions as well. Uh, what sort of engagement have you got with all the stakeholders? So it, at the moment, it's been predominantly passionate ambassadors within the construction industry and speaking to companies themselves. Um, we haven't quite got ourselves positioned to speak with unions at this stage. But what we are finding is they're a bit scared of technology. I think implementing things and doing things and changing things is, is quite intimidating for businesses in this field because there's been a, a method of working that's worked for a long period of time. Um, but things do need to change. And I think if you make it as easy and accessible as possible, they're very open to it because everyone recognizes that this statistic on suicide rate is enough alone for, for, for the industry to take it seriously. And I think we are seeing a change where people are starting to pick it up. They're going, right, we need to do this. We need to increase our therapy options. We need to increase our resources available for people. But the problem is, no matter how many resources you have, if you're not engaging your people to, to look at it, to involve themselves in, in it, to help others with it, then it's going to be sitting there like any other resource, like a health and safety manual is forced to do each day, or you've got to do your health and safety checks. Why are we not doing health and safety checks on each other to make sure that everyone's fit to work? We had a big conversation about that in the maritime industry. You know, you can't get off that vessel. You can't get off that site and go or take a sick day because you're away from home. You're out in the middle of nowhere. You need to be able to be performing at your best. Otherwise, you know, you're, you're looking after big machinery. You've got other people's lives in your hands. It is a very big issue. And it's something that I'm quite pleased that the construction industry is starting to take more seriously and want to use technology to do so. Have you been speaking to some of the biggest players in the, in the, in the field? Not at the moment. We're speaking to more bespoke, smaller firms, um, particularly in the UK around, so Scotland at the moment, um, because they're more open to talking about their people um, and and what the, their, their changes are going to be. The larger players at the moment are very large moving um, organisations that it's more difficult to get the stakeholders into the room for as they're more focused on materials and issues with Brexit, et cetera. So we are working on a smaller scale to build up the kind of case studies, working with businesses and going and saying, well, look, here's the evidence. If you can help, everyone knows it's it's been well documented that for every pound you spend on mental health support for your employees, you get five pounds back in productivity. So um, it's the early stages of this, but we're, you know, it's an area that needs to improve quickly. What do you say to men in the business? They could be on the building side or they could be in the boardroom even, who are masking what they're going through. How do you get through them? For me, it's, it's an ongoing conversation, but simply you're not the only person in the world who feels like this. Whether you're the CEO in the boardroom, whether you're starting out as an apprentice on site, everyone has the same mental health issues. Everyone has, you're not unique. You're not alone in how you feel. What is important is that you go and you speak to someone or you find resources that work for you. Learn about yourself. Treat yourself the same way that you treat yourself with exercise in the gym. It, your mental health is just like your physical health. The more you work out, the more you look after yourself, the more you exercise, the healthier you are, the fitter you are. It's the same with mental health. Treat it like you treat your body and, and look after it because it's you've only got one. And it's just as important, probably if not more important than your physical health, because what gets you to go up and go for a run, what motivates you? It's your mind. Um, so you're, two things, you're not alone. 
I can assure you whatever you're feeling right now, no matter how strange or intrusive thoughts or OCD or anxious you may be, there are other people in your business, potentially in your house who are feeling the same thing, who are not saying it and not opening up. So the key is to speak about it because it makes you stronger than someone who holds it in. It makes you stronger to, to open up and be vulnerable. That's what I would advise because you'll never know how many people will come to help you, how many people it will inspire and how many people that can improve their quality of life just by you being honest about your mental health. Do you think there'll come a time when, you know, we have people on building sites, for instance, who are, there's the health and safety officer, or there's someone who is, as part of their task is to look after health and safety, physical health and safety. There'll come a time when there'll be a mental health safety officer, if you like, would that be an idea for the future? I think it's already starting to move that way. What I'm kind of not concerned, I'm cautious about is, that these things can quickly become tick box exercises. And it's, you know, you give someone a one day training session in mental health. If someone comes to them with an issue that they're worrying about and they don't know how to answer it, that can be more detrimental for both that, that mental health officer and the person that they speak to. If they don't have the answer, then it can exacerbate the problem. What I do think is we're going to have more ambassadors. And I think that will be the position where we see more success from it. Ambassadors in the sectors, ambassadors on site that are open and willing to speak to people who do it integrate it into their everyday life so it's not oh go and speak to someone if you're struggling it's every team meeting we start doing it as managers going how are you feeling today guys what's what's been going well what's been going poorly and the manager speaking right well i'm struggling with this this and this but i'm confident about this and you know producing this work on time and getting this site finished how is everyone else feeling and if you create those small little conversations it can make a massive difference and it means that that well-being officer, that mental health officer is then used for the right reasons as opposed to being seen as another, you know, oh, they're watching us and we can't go up to them because, you know, that gets reported. Do we underestimate, I wonder, um, we talk about executive stress and people at, at the top who are under savage pressure to deliver results. But it, on sites, the workers, there, there must be incredible stress and pressure. You know, especially when you're in a time lagged project that has to be done after a given period. Absolutely. So, so one of the things is you, there's internal and external issues. Okay. So when you look at it from that perspective, like you throw in Brexit, you throw in lack of supplies, you look at um, postponed deadlines, COVID issues on site, having to deal with less workers being able to come in, et cetera. Those are all external issues that affect the job. But not only does that affect the project, what that affects is the individuals coming in because they've got more things to deal with, more issues to deal with. And then you mix that in with internal issues where people may be struggling because they've had two years of watching their loved ones uh, fall down to COVID, or it may be that they're isolated or they haven't had a lot of work because things have been postponed. They're under financial pressure. They've got job uncertainty. You mix those two things together and it's less productive. That site will be destined to fail. And what you'll lead to is burnout. So if you can control the internal and, and do as much as you can from the external perspective within your means, then you'll have a more productive workforce who are happier, healthier, and more loyal to the business because we all know construction is quite a competitive market. And, you know, the employees are the ones or the candidates, it's a candidate driven market at the moment to look after your people and be able to make sure it's a good experience coming into work, whether you've got to hit deadlines or not um, is, is massively important. I'm sure our listeners in the world of construction all over the world will recognize some of the issues you've raised, Charlie. And I wonder, is the UK positive model, the app and so on, do you have any vision about rolling that out beyond the UK? 
Absolutely. We've set it up now that it is able to work in any country in the world. We're just creating bespoke content for different languages, for different cultures, because, you know, for example, in the offshore industry, 25% of seafarers are Filipinos. Therefore, we've got a lot of English content, English speaking content on at the moment for the US and the UK. Um, We're creating more in Spanish and we've got more options to do in Italian. So we're building that out. It's a longer process because we want to get it right and make it relevant. Our application is completely customizable as well for companies. So if a company signs up, they can create their own. So let's just use an example, JLL or um, Heart Builders or Cruden Homes. They can create their own um, content to send out to their employees to support them as well. So you can do pretty much anything with this to support people. It's just you've got to have the incentive and the will to do it. The app itself at the moment is free for individuals to sign up um, and I'll be able to provide a link for that um, as we want to help people during this COVID period. And how do you monetize it? Is, is it in what way does that work for you? So we go to companies and and we provide a back office dashboard so they get um, the ability to communicate through a communications channel with all their employees. They get the analytics, the aggregated analytics to see the trends and the moods and they get the ability to create their own content as well as ours. Um, and they pay a license fee for that for, for their employees. Um, and we can also provide with our therapy partner, teletherapy for um, all of your employees for 60 pounds per employee for the year. So for 60 pounds per employee, you get six sessions of therapy that they can do without the stigma. They can do it all through their phone without having to go to their boss. Um, it, they just go through the OK Positive application. They have access for them or their family to be able to get an assessment and find a, a counsellor or accredited therapist or life coach um, that fits with what they're looking for. They pay for those services built in. The app itself, they then can provide for all of their staff for free. Right. The, the benefit of that, I assume, is that the board or the CEO or the people in charge, they can get an, a kind of eagle-eyed view of the mental well-being state of their employees absolutely so what they do is they get an oversight of what the issues are relevant to their business how that compares with others in the industry so we use best practice methods and benchmarking so how is your mood rating compared to other companies based on the industry what are the main issues that we're seeing elsewhere so that if we see things working elsewhere we can recommend them to businesses if you've got issues with workload on a particular site and it's in um, let's say bricklayers we can then recommend one of our partners in our network to recruit more bricklayers for you. Um, we can also work on getting interns and we can point you in the right directions with solutions that we've seen work elsewhere, whether that's free or paid. Um, we are the spider in the middle of this web of network of nutritional well-being, financial well-being, recruitment, uh, coaching, management coaching, leadership development. So if you see any issues, we can provide a solution for it through that data. And that's that's the the win because you want a blueprint. If you're taking a journey from Land's End to John O'Groats, would you rather have a map or would you rather just go blind and assume it's that way? We're trying to give companies the map to be able to see what their people, not what the industry says or what, you know, uh, it's someone in a survey said, they know exactly how their people in their business are feeling about working there and what you can do to better it. Charlie, let's talk logistics. How do the people from the boardroom to the building site, how do they connect with you? Uh, They can uh, find us on our website at www.okpositive.org and reach out for a demonstration. And they can find us on LinkedIn. We're we're doing more and more work within the sector, going to conventions. So we'll be becoming more um, renowned on that. We're, We're releasing our 
second launch into the into the PR news at the moment. Um, so that will be becoming more apparent. But yeah, just reach out to us for a demonstration, see what it can do. We can implement it the very same day. I can do lived experience webinars for your people. Go, We can do on-site training. We can do a whole load of things. So um, it's just reaching out and wanting to have that conversation to have a look at it um, and, and register interest. And as someone who has been on-site, literally, you get it. Yeah, I do. Um, I, I understand there's a lot of people going through a lot of different things. You can see it either silently or you can see it on people's faces or they speak about it. When I was on site, everyone's got the aim goal. We've got to hit this target. We've got to shift this amount of, when I was in the scaffolding side, we had to shift this amount of scaffolding, 10 tons through the eight of us within the week. You've got to hit those targets. And it's, you know, it's a lot of pressure. And if you've got things going on at home or you're away from your loved ones, it can become quite stressful and it can impact the way that you work, but more importantly, it can impact your relationship with yourself. And it's the most important one. Um, it's the same reason when you're on an airplane that they ask you to put your oxygen mask on first to help other people, because if you don't help yourself and you try and help other people, um, you'll find yourself burn out with it. Um, so yeah, I've seen it firsthand. I want to develop it more and make it more relevant for the industry. And um, so we're looking for more ambassadors. We're looking for more people that we can work with in this field. If anyone wants to reach out as well, um, my profile is on LinkedIn. My, my email is charlie at okpositive.co.uk. Um, on a human level, I like to speak and help people from my lived experience if they need it. And, and I, I put out regular things about my mental health on our, on our social media platform. So um, on our Instagram and things like that. So um, if anyone ever wants to reach out or, or wants to learn more about where they can find free services and support, that's that's what you know we want to do. That's Charlie Winton speaking to Constructive Voices, Henry McDonald, and a nice offer at the end there for you to reach out to him on LinkedIn or on email and ask any questions and get any advice he can give you about mental health. And actually, that may be particularly useful for a group of people that I want to focus on now with you, Pete, and that is... The contractors, those who are self-employed, trades who maybe come in and work on a project just for a few hours, a day, a couple of days at most, then they're off to the next job. They don't fit in, therefore, necessarily to particular teams, although I suppose they may get to know people if they're working regularly with, with certain companies. But they may slip through the net in terms of people looking out for them and their mental health, and they may already be coming from a starting point of feeling a little bit excluded from what's going on on a particular site yeah it's a very difficult situation that, that people find themselves in there in terms of th- their work requires them to travel from place to place and they are pretty much the uns- unsung heroes of the industry in terms of they're the kind of people that come in and get the work done and you know they, they don't really get any acknowledgement or acclaim for it apart from the fact that they obviously get paid for doing the work that they do but you're dead right those people usually are freelancers they usually are self-employed they usually have all of the difficulties of being a self-employed person to contend with right from having to do your own set of accounts to you know making sure that you've got your own safety gear and all all of these different things that freelancers kind of end up having to absorb that maybe somebody who is part of a bigger group gets kind of looked after in, 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 a, in, a, in a better way so you're dead right to pinpoint this and it's certainly something that does need to be need to be addressed that type of lifestyle suits some people for certain reasons but it certainly is not an ideal type of a lifestyle to do long term and you usually find that people can't do it long term because it just simply isn't feasible to put yourself through that where you're kind of traveling from place to place you know have have tools and suitcase and will travel to go to job to job to be honest with you when when you start off doing that type of stuff and i've done 
I've done work where I've traveled away and you get to stay in a hotel for a day or, you know, a couple of days and you think it's great. And you do go down to the hotel bar and usually maybe there's a, a couple of guys with you and you, you have a point and everyone's saying to you, oh, sure, that's great. You got to go away and do a bit of work and have a few points. And there's a bit of a novelty aspect to it at the start. You do that every day, day in, day out. I can tell you now, it, the novelty wears off very, very quickly. By day two or three, when I've had to do it, all, all I want to do is go home and see my family and hug the wife. And that's the truth of it, like, you know, because you, you, you miss people so much and you miss your, you miss your, your, your family. If you're, you're in a situation where, you know, you're traveling seven days a week and, and you're not getting to see your family. And these, these are definitely tough conditions and a tough environment for people. And, I think it needs to be addressed within the industry. I think there needs to be, you know, some sort of maybe tax incentives to help people to, you know, do what it, what it takes to set themselves up in a way that it, it makes it a bit more manageable. But support is definitely needed for people like that. I don't have the answer straight off the top of my head, being honest with you. I think it's something that definitely needs to be looked at, needs to be addressed and um, improved. Yeah, and I think sometimes at a very basic level, it's as it's it's as simple as when somebody is coming into an environment, be it a site or or wherever it may, even an office environment as a as a temp or whatever it could it could be, you know that the, the the team who know each other well and work well together and and have some in jokes and all the rest of it, they they are a bit more inclusive, perhaps, and you know, and it does happen, but not always. You know that perhaps we do a little bit more. So actually, the, you know, yeah, okay, they're still traveling around, and, and maybe they're not on the same site one day to the next, but they do feel included wherever they go. And I think that you know that could be a that could be a big thing to do on a human to human level. I think that would be that would be a great step forward. Absolutely, Steve. Like it's a very simple saying, but it's a true one. It's nice to be nice. And look, we've all experienced that moment where you come into the new environment where there may be you know, four or five people that are working together on a regular basis or they know each other. Um, and as you said, like the odd in-joke is going on and it can make you feel quite self-conscious because even though they may not be speaking about you or, you know, it could be something completely, you know, separate to you or whatever whatever your situation is, but <laughs> your mind does play a little bit of a trick on you and you start thinking, oh, really? Like, what are they saying there? And are they laughing at me? Or what are they yeah. saying there? You know, and it can make you feel quite uncomfortable. And look, I'm going to be honest, I'm quite a confident person and I'm, I meet lots of new people and lots of, you know, different situations on a regular basis. But if, if, if I've often felt that moment of, you know, walking into an environment and kind of feeling like the, the odd one out and it's not nice. It's, it's, it's actually a horrible feeling. And I suppose the one thing that we can certainly take out of this is that including people, being a bit more inclusive to people who aren't in your group, who maybe aren't from your country, who aren't in your clique, who aren't whatever, you know, somebody slightly different. Maybe they're just even from a different trade. Just be nice to them and include them. And you'd be amazed the amount of times that I've met people that would be friends for life from that kind of a situation and the amount of education that I've got out of meeting somebody from a different circle and learning what they, you know, have to give. It's 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 also a, a can be a quite a, a valuable thing to just to, you know, broaden your horizons and meet with other people. The, the big thing that I'm taking out what we're saying here today is you never know what is going on in someone else's situation. You never know what is going on in someone else's head. So you really do need to make sure that you think about that when you are maybe going to discuss something with, some, with somebody in a certain way. And when you're going to have a discussion with someone, yes, you may have your agenda that you want to get done and you just have to drive towards that. But you have to be careful because you can't be a steamroller that comes around and just keeps on pushing people aside and getting your aspect or your, or, or your perspective done the way you want it to be done. You do need to consider what, what other people have uh, going on in their lives. You do need to consider what other people have going on in their situation. 
and you just never know. And again, it, it, most of the time, it is not obvious. People get very good at hiding and uh, covering up how they feel. And they then, you know, once that environment is set up, then it's very hard to break that environment back down again or break down the barriers. And uh, if, if, you, if you start to lose somebody from the start, it can be quite difficult to bring them back. So I think the big, the big thing that I'm taking out today is I'm certainly going to, you know, try my best to, you know, consider other people's situations and thoughts just be a little bit nicer to, to, to people. And you know what? I guarantee you, you know, I will start to reap the benefits of it. And I think our, our industry as a whole, if we work together as a, as a team, if we work together in, in, a, in, a, in a close and personal way with other people, you will get the benefits and the benefits will absolutely far outweigh the small amount of effort it takes just to be nice to somebody. So I, I just think, you know, any successful team, usually has a good bond and usually has a good relationship. Again, people do come and go in your life. Not, not everybody can be your friend for life or your BFF, as they, as they, they call people these days. But, as the kids are saying, yeah. Yes, yeah, the kids would say, but you know what? Why not be nice to someone and why not bring someone into, into your circle and, 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 and see what they can contribute? Because sometimes you'd be quite surprised how, how they could improve the situation. Brilliant. Pete, I'll talk to you in a couple of weeks' time on the next episode of Constructive Voices. Cheers, mate. Chat then. And there you go, in no time at all, it's the end of another episode of Constructive Voices, episode 24. So there are plenty of previous episodes for you to catch up on if you're new to the podcast. Thank you for all the comments, thank you for all the shares, the likes and the encouragement for the podcast. And if there are topics that you'd really like to hear us discuss, then please get in touch. You can visit our website, constructive-voices.com, don't forget the dash, or find us on social media. Don't forget to follow or subscribe on your favourite podcast app to get these episodes automatically. And if you have a moment and you're so inclined, we would love to get your feedback, your reviews and your five-star ratings. Go on, you know you want to. Until next time, thanks for listening. You're really helping us build something. Constructive Voices.